Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Hello, and welcome to the first November episode of Telling Everybody Everything. I am drinking an ice-cold beer at 1.23 in the afternoon. Why? Well, because I reached into the wine fridge, which has a variety of drinks in there, soft drinks, my own wines, gin, vodka, what have you, Violet's Capri Suns, and I wanted an ice-cold Coca-Cola, but instead I grabbed a can of beer and I didn't realize till it was already opened and it was too late. And my gorgeous husband, Bobby Kay, was on his way out for golf. And I said, will you please drink this? And he said, absolutely not. Because he takes the game very seriously. Apparently more seriously than I take uh, being the lead carer today for our son, Fred. I think, I mean, you can have one beer and look after a baby. I've only drank half of it anyway. Oh, well, I have the day off today. It's Wednesday. Tomorrow I'm back on tour. We are in Coventry and then Exeter and then Plymouth for the weekend. Um, Today was a great one. I took Fred to South London to apply for his fast track passport. Here's why he doesn't have a passport. First of all, no one's really traveling anywhere. It's a pandemic still. Restrictions are lifting, but I mean, it's dicey. And I'm on tour, so we won't have time to go anywhere. But I do have a show in Dublin coming up in November. If you don't have tickets for that, it's at the Olympia Theater. I think it might be sold out, but you know, there are always, always a few returns at the box office. That's not just for my show, guys. Any show you want to see, go on the day either by yourself, totally fun going to the theater or a comedy gig or anywhere by yourself, a restaurant by yourself. All that stuff gets so much fun when you're grown. I would never do it in my 20s. I would never do it in my teens. Obviously, the world was an embarrassment. But now, ooh, treat yourself. So go alone or go with just one person and you are almost guaranteed to get two tickets together. Almost guaranteed. The only time that will not work for my show is in Birmingham, I'm in Birmingham very soon, and I'm bringing everyone from All That Glitters on my production list because that's where we film All That Glitters. We're filming the following morning. So no, you will not get production tickets in Birmingham, but everywhere else, absolutely you will. Absolutely you will. Um, But my show in Dublin, I thought, okay, Fred's coming up on five months. I won't have to bring him to Dublin. I will fly over there from Liverpool where I have a gig the night before. Um, I mean, it's that's a mad week. It's Southampton. If you know any geography of the UK, this is going to blow your mind. If you're listening from abroad, these are just words to you. But Southampton one night, then Lincoln the next, then Liverpool the next. So that's basically like the three corners of the UK. And then I fly from Liverpool to Dublin. Well, Fred's just, he loves me. What can I say? I'm a professional entertainer. He's clocked it. I'm super fun to be around. I have all the milk. 
I got all the the bants. You know, he just loves me, so he has to come to Dublin, so I had to go get his passport. And it could not have gone better. Special shout out to my dad for sending some documents that I needed. Special shout out to my agent Kitty Lang for uh, confirming Fred's identity. Do you know, Kitty, if you're listening, we've known each other for 14 years because they asked me. They were like, have you known Kitty for more than two years? I was like, whoa, 14 calendar years. Yeah. Um, So I think his passport will be here in a week. It was very nice down at the passport office. If you need one really quickly, they have a fast track service. You will still have to queue and go through, you know, check in basically like you're getting on a plane, which is exciting. It's like a little preview for what's to come when you get your passport. Put all your belongings through the x-ray, walk through the machine. And then I spoke with a lovely man called Keith who uh, told me a little tidbit about his ancestry. His mother was the child of an Italian prisoner of war in the UK. So apparently they released these prisoners of war in the 40s, the early 40s, uh, late 30s. And they lived in the UK for a bit and they got girlfriends or they got people pregnant. And then they were repatriated back to where they were born. So in his case, Italy, to be with his wife. And his great-grandmother had to raise her half-Italian daughter, child of war, in Britain at that time, which was not straightforward. It was very difficult. And she's a tough lady, and I wish her all the best. I loved hearing about her today. And that's why Keith, down at the passport office, he's a little bit Italian. And when the pandemic is all, like, done and dusted, then he's going to go to Italy, and I'm jealous of him. Not me, though, Keith. I'm on tour until May 2022, and I'm also promoting my book, The Audacity, available as well as an audiobook, thanks to everyone who's been listening to it. Earlier this week, I let the nation down with my performance of White Mums 2. So some of you might have seen online. If you haven't, just pause and have a brief Google right now for Catherine Ryan White Mums. Something 50 million views of me freestyling, although it wasn't a freestyle. I wrote it beforehand that day. A rap on the Big Nasty Show, they do this closing bars thing on a wonderful Channel 4 late night chat show hosted by Mo Gilligan and Big Nasty. And I feel like the lesson to the youth of the uh, United Kingdom of Her Majesty's Great Britain is come prepared. You know they have closing bars at the end of the show. So don't just turn up and be like, yo, yo, I'm here with Nasty having a good time. Unacceptable. You go, oh, I'm going to write some bars then. And you sketch out in the car a good rap about um, white privilege and the police brutality. You just sketch that out and you make it funny and you make it sexual. And then you deliver that on the night. It's not hard. So I did that. But the second time, um, I was I was a guest again with amazing, amazing other people on the show. I don't know if that's even announced, so I won't say. But I think it comes out quite soon. Um, and they said, oh, you can do a White Moms 2, another rap again. So it started off well. I planned it out. I was like, I'm going to do this one about vaccines and the NHS. It's going to be good. And I sketched it out in the car like I always do. I put a lot of thought into it. But I think there was so much pressure this time because I've established myself as one of the finest rappers in the UK. Uh, and it wasn't a surprise this time. I think when I busted out the original White Moms, the audience was like floored. Like, what? Because I was wearing just a very school run type, you know, lovely tea dress, little blonde bob. No one knew that I was going to come and body the assignment. And this time, I think they remembered the big nasty audience. They've seen his other episodes and they thought, oh, yeah, she can rap. But I, I kind of like... I panicked because I was nervous. I was a bit starstruck by the other guests, and I didn't do the best job. 
So this white mom, it started off, I was like, yeah, ladies, this goes out to everyone in my network marketing downline. Wave your pumpkin spice lattes in the air, ladies. Um, do what you can to help your community, right? Because it's about COVID. And then it was something about, uh, I'm a white mom living, laughing, loving in my village. I cry white women tears and profit from structures of privilege. One day I'm volunteering at the vaccination center, a regular shift until a male nurse enters. And then this male nurse comes in and she decides to fuck him. Uh, and then the chorus <laughs> is, uh, make that ass clap for the NHS. I want to make my ass clap for the NHS. You know, I just thought, catchy, make your ass clap. How's no one thought of that yet? We've all done clap for the NHS. How's there not been like a Megan V. Stallion sort of remix where you make your ass clap for the NHS? And then I said, give him a choking sound like it's a PCR test. Get it? And that's about, that's about fellatio. But I just, I didn't sell it with the same enthusiasm, confidence. I was nervous. I messed up a few things because I couldn't hear properly. Oh, basically, I'm disgusted with myself. And I know that they're going to share it online and go, look, it's White Moms too. And then people are going to go, well, this isn't as good as the original. And uh, guess what? Hardly any sequel is. The sophomore album is a difficult one. Fuck. You know what? Whatever. I think I overthought it. I had all these vaccination terms. Like she was, she was ready to take his viral load. I think that asks the audience to do a bit of a think. Like it's, it's a mental leap for them, not just like come in my face. I had to say, "I want to take your viral load by the toilets." That's what I meant. I felt like it was clear, but white moms number one was very vulgar, and white moms two, um, hashtag make your ass clap for the NHS. Um, that one is just more about innuendo. There's no swearing in it. And I regret that. Oh, big fan of the Big Nasty Show. BAFTA winning Big Nasty Show. Huge fan of Mo Gilligan as well. It's a great show. And then they've got this addition, uh, a wonderful shop owner called Hacks. One of the greatest actors I think I've ever worked with. Amazing accents, really funny improv. It's a great show. I think it's uh, 11.05 p.m. on Friday nights. So that was great. I was a little bit... Uh, tired that day because the evening before Bobby and I were invited as guests to the Pride of Britain Awards. Please watch the Pride of Britain Awards November 4th, I think it TX's. Um, it is sponsored by The Mirror. It is a fantastic celebration of some of Britain's most selfless, brave, and enthusiastic citizens. It's meant to inspire you and honor them. And we were very excited to go. We don't really go anywhere. And Usually I just go places for work. It's nice to dress up and do a red carpet and see some of your friends. But also, it's nice for some of these celebrities, myself included, to be taken down a notch and to look and go, oh, here's what's actually important. You know, a beautiful little girl is absolutely fine one day, has meningitis the very next day, and has some of her limbs amputated. But look at her, full of spirit, full of joy, um, very determined. She's bouncing on a trampoline, making jokes, like having a laugh. I just, oh, it's it's so important to like take a minute and be inspired by these people and to give them the credit that they deserve and tell them how brave they are. So we go with the right intentions. You know, I, I didn't realize how moved I would be. You should never, I take back what I said, do not attend or watch the Pride of Britain Awards if you had just had a baby. Because I just start openly bawling at the table and I turn to the gin and tonics because I just thought I can't make it through this night. Like I'm just... I'm too sad. My makeup's everywhere now. It was so moving. I was wearing a plunging yellow dress. Oh, 
I'm so sorry. I don't have my phone because Fred is asleep using it for white noise. But if you would like to know the designer, designer, thank you for lending. I'm so embarrassed that I don't know off the top of my head. But Jen Mahalski Bray, my stylist, look on her Instagram and you will see. Um, such a nice dress. And I was joking all night, like, holy, look at how great I look in this dress. Like, I was just posting the most shallow shit I could think of because actually my heart was breaking inside. It's the least shallow night in the calendar. But um, we had a nice time. I'm not really used to gin and tonics. But then I went upstairs to express milk in the toilets. And while I'm up there, all of a sudden my phone lights up because this was at the Grosvenor Hotel in London their big hall is a basement so that you don't get phone reception. So as soon as I get upstairs, I get all these messages from Violet, missed calls, missed voice notes, everything. Violet's losing it. She's like, Fred's crying. He is not being soothed by the nanny. You need to come home. You need to come right home. And I can hear Fred in the background screaming. And Violet's crying. And then I log into the ring camera. We have all this CCTV around the house. But there's one um, that I really recommend, actually. It's called Ring. You can just log in and watch any area of your house. I log in and watch it. And Violet's had to take herself outside. So she sat on the front stoop, just bawling her eyes out. Like, I don't know how to help him. And I was like, oh, my word. And so I'm crying that night. Bobby's crying. Now I find my healthy children who are very safe, um, not inspirational. Those children are at home also crying. And it's not the nanny's fault, by the way. It's just Fred. Like I said, he won't go to anyone else. There's nothing you can do. And it's all temper with him. So I come back down. And this is a TV record as well. And you don't want to leave before the end. But I had to grab Bobby and be like, listen, the kids are flipping out. We've got to go. And so we had to go home and deal with that. By the time we got home, of course, it was sorted and Fred was asleep. But Vi, that was still just quite traumatized. And I just don't know. A lot of people say sleep, train your kids, teach them, you know, to cry it out. And we're just not that kind of family. So, you know, I don't believe in it. I think that at the helm of the Industrial Revolution or whenever, or maybe it was Henry Ford who introduced this nine to five work week and we, we live in this structured society where parents do have to work all these hours and it does make sense for their kids to sleep all night and to fall asleep in their own. I know that makes sense in a lot of households, in Western culture mostly, but it doesn't make sense for me and I just can't do it. So I apologize if anyone watches the Pride of Britain Awards and you notice Bobby and I running out, I apologize. I was hugely motivated, inspired by the stories and I congratulate the people being honored at the awards the very brave citizens of the UK. What an honor it was for us to be invited. Thank you to the mirror for putting it on, but blow me down. I can't have a babysitter ever again is what I've learned. And my mother used to say, oh, if I could afford it, I would have someone come and do all the other things a mom is supposed to do or a parent, uh, you know, tidy the house and get this organized and cook and everything else. And then I would just spend as much time as I could with my children and I thought, yeah, wait a minute. I am a person of disgusting privilege and means. I can't afford this. And I should not be hiring nannies, basically. I just need all the other things done so that I can streamline like my work. And so that when Fred's asleep, I can do the podcast rather than folding laundry or making lunch. And then when I get invited to things, I guess for a while I just can't go. And that's okay. You know, you don't have to be everywhere and have everything and you don't have to 
have your children go to the mother-in-law or the nanny or whomever because everyone else in your neighborhood is doing it. You have to do what works for your family. And that is what I've learned this week. What a calamity. And like we have those videos now stored on the CCTV and I just, they break my heart to watch. Just Violet out in the middle of the driveway like screaming, I don't know how to help him. Awful. Awful. And my apologies to the nanny as well. It is not your fault that I am so great at entertaining my son that he will not even consider going into the arms of another. May he always be that way. May his father always be that way. Because, you know, I always say how much I love Bobby Kay. How long has it been, Catherine? Mm, Three years. Who knows after 30 years? You know, I hope I'm still as exciting and entertaining. Because children turn their backs on you, don't they? Children, they get to be about 11 and they're like, oh, you're not cool anymore. Violet is the exception. She still really loves us. And she put on a Halloween costume with the family. We decided to be the Incredibles. I mean, we, me, I ordered Incredibles costumes. They are the Disney superhero family. I just thought it was super cute because they have a new baby called Jack Jack. And he's full of temper and he bursts into like a little ball of flames. That's his power. But I got the costumes to take a photo. But Violet, of course, has other engagements. She was doing some spooky uh, TikToks and parties with her girlfriends that day. And she did a great job of her own makeup. So she did kind of a glittery red and purple stream of tears under her eyes. It was like red eyeliner underneath. And then it went into droplets of kind of bloody tears all along her cheeks. And then on the top was black. And she really blended that nice, a real good shadow. She came down the stairs and I just thought, oh, how did you do that? She's great at makeup. And she did what she was doing with her friends. But for the family photograph... She popped on the little black Incredibles mask, put on her unitard, you know, because she's not too cool to be with the family. So she took that photo. I don't put many pictures of her on social media, but she's at the age now where she's asking why that is. She thinks it's quite weird. I've explained what it is to be a woman on the Internet and why it isn't really safe. And I also have explained why I felt that posting too much about her early on would be exploitative. I also explained, you know, I put some baby pictures of Fred on there, same as I put some baby pictures of Violet sometimes, because I don't really think you can recognize a baby. But I will slow that down as he gets his own, you know, little face and identity and interests. And she said, well, I want to be on your social media sometimes. I don't want to feel left out. I love, you know, the idea of being on there. So I do moderate it. I don't put her on a lot. But I did share this photo and I regretted it. Almost immediately, I had so many messages. Firstly, comments on the photo being like, what's wrong with Violet's eyes? Why does Violet have two black eyes? Fair question, unless it's hollow fucking ween. Because I was like, oh, well, it's Halloween. She's done spooky makeup. And that's fair enough to ask the question once. But then there were follow-up questions. Well, that doesn't look like makeup. I don't actually think that is makeup. What's wrong with Violet's eyes? And then it turns into the DMs. I get lots of private messages. Tell us really what happened to Violet's eyes. Da, 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 da. Do you think that I would have some like nefarious intent toward my daughter? Give her black eyes for some reason. Or like she fell and she got black eyes for some reason. I tried to cover them up poorly with a like Amazon Incredibles mask. And then I decided to post receipts. And if you think that that's the case, Violet is injured and I'm hiding it, don't DM me about it. Call the police. Ask for help. What Do you think I'm going to admit? Oh, actually, yeah. You, you know, you asked me the first time and I said it was makeup. And you asked me the second time and I said it was makeup. But I can't tell a lie three times. So here you are asking me the third time. I'm going to tell you what really happened is, you know, I've got Violet 
fighting dogs on the side in like this boxing match uh, gambling scheme that we run in the backyard. And uh, I thought that the Incredibles mask covered most of it and it would be fine to post online. I, I, I thought I'd get away with it too if it weren't for you sniveling kids. It's just crazy. Don't ask a question again and again until you get the answer you want. If you're not willing to accept the actual answer the first time, a uh, fuck off. But it's cool. Like, I mean, it's fine with me. And it was a good opportunity to tell Violet, oh, look, sometimes people are just going to get things wrong. And you have to be pretty chill about it and let them get things wrong. And you'll show up to school tomorrow with not black eyes and it's not a big deal. Oh, gosh. Well, oh, the last thing I had to say about Halloween. And guys, this is difficult for me to admit. It's, it makes me sick to even say it. I loved the partnership of Courtney Kardashian and Travis Barker. I was here for it until Halloween. They lost me at Halloween. I don't know if you follow them on social media, but there was something cringy about their very, very many Halloween costumes. There was something about how much he looked like he was enjoying it. You know, you look at Bobby. He is an innocent bystander, just a hapless passenger on my family Halloween costume. He wore Adidas slides with his superhero costume for fuck's sake. But Travis and Courtney... They were so fully committed to these multiple Halloween costumes. Why the many, many, many Halloween costumes? They were Edward Scissorhands and then someone else. And then they were something from a true romance movie. I mean, I didn't even understand that reference. But just the amount that they posted in all the different poses of it, uh, it broke my heart because I saw it and I went, oh, no, I, I don't think that I'm on board with this relationship anymore. I think it's gone they're the cringe couple that you, you'd you have in high school who are like making out against the lockers. And I defended these two. I defended the public displays of affection. I love the idea of finding your soulmate in your 40s. I especially now having Fred, I get it because, you know, there's bickering with a baby around. I love the idea of having all of your children with your practice partner, divorcing them, and then enjoying your life when your children are grown with someone that you meet fresh, rested, with eight hours sleep every night. Oh, I loved these two and they fucked it. So I hope that Bobby and I, you know, haven't rubbed you the same wrong way for Halloween. <laughs> just look at their Instagram if you haven't seen it. It's just overload. It's Halloween overload. It's too many costumes. It's too much commitment. It's too earnest. That's what I dislike about it. There wasn't any humor to it. It was just so fully earnest. I really felt like I was watching them have sex. And now Fred is up on the monitor. Perfect timing. Please enjoy these messages from our sponsors. And when I return, I will be answering your burning questions. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moon. 
MoonPig.com All right, finally we're getting to the meat and potatoes of this podcast. Months ago, months, because this is how hard it is to find a living, breathing man who's interested in women over 40 and doesn't have some, you know, unwanted kink about it. Some women have messaged me suggestions for Fiona. Again, I love that it is like gals putting guys that they know forward and not the guys themselves. This is what you need. You need like a female advocate to be like, here's who's not a creep and he's single. So I've got one message that says, Catherine, I'm a huge fan. Love listening to your podcast. Amazing that you're still making time for them along with your busy schedule. Thank you. It's about time someone said it. I'm so busy, it's actually nuts, and I love doing this podcast, but I mean, it's just, you would never think it's difficult to fit in an hour of doing what I love most, just talking shit, telling everybody everything, but it is difficult when you parent to the standard that I do, and I just don't like to ignore Fred for a single minute. Um, I'm picking this up, by the way. He was asleep when I recorded the first bit, and now it's nighttime, and he's asleep for, you know, night a different time. Anyway, back to you. I think I have a match for Fiona. There's this really nice guy called, I'm going to blank out his name, that my dad is good friends with, who is so kind and funny. He's just turned 54 and he works. What? Whoa. As, wait a minute, this is so crazy. He works as a flying instructor for Elstree Aerodome, where Fiona and I just took a helicopter from the other day. So, holy shit. I bet this guy... I'm so excited. I bet he spotted Fiona with me because we were commenting how nice our helicopter um, pilot was. And this is not our helicopter pilot, but probably a different guy was in the cafe, you know, getting ready for a day of flight school. And he was thinking about, you know, his life, his mistakes, his divorce. And then he spots me and Fiona boarding the aircraft. And he thinks, board this. Oh my God, yes. He has a daughter in her 20s. I've attached a pic of him. This is one that my dad snapped, so it's not the most flattering. First of all, I love that your dad like just took a picture of his friend at a pub eating a lovely full English breakfast. Let me tell you something about this guy. He's hot. He's hot. And he's wearing like a beautiful soft knit jumper. He wears it... I was going to give another distinguishing feature about him, but I won't. He is wearing it over another soft t-shirt. So, you know, he's not got chafed nips and he's eating a delicious full English breakfast. Nothing wrong with that. What's he drinking beside it? Hmm. Coffee. He's a coffee drinker. That's good news. You know, my sister Carrie won't even hire tea drinkers because she knows they're lazy and they're going to waste a lot of the day. And look, before you get your back up about it, tea drinkers, it's true about you. Every five minutes, tea, tea. Um, let me know if she's interested. Yes, I think she would be interested. I'm forwarding this to Fiona immediately. Forward. Fiona, what do you think? Oh my God. I want this guy for myself. What's Bobby going to say? All right. Flying instructor points. And here is another legitimate date for Fiona. Catherine, my friend, blank out the name, is a genuine 10 out of 10. He is a cameraman for CNN, most recently in Afghanistan. He's based in London. He's handsome, kind, intelligent, funny, and he has the all-time best laugh. He's always up for fun, travel, and experiencing new things. I also hear he's great in bed, as my friend used to go out with him and told me all about it. Well, it's good to have that kind of research. Thank you for uh, collecting that information for us. There's no photo of him. 
I will put this to Fiona anyway. I would have appreciated a photo, I have to say. Here you go, Fiona. I love the idea of the flying instructor. I'm excited about it. Thank you. If you have any single men that you'd like to put forward for Fiona, I have to tell you again the honest truth. She's not interested in meeting anyone, but that's when I met Bobby. I think the best time to meet someone is when you're happy on your own. And I would, I think Fiona at some point would like to meet someone. So I'm taking applications, email them to telling everybody everything at gmail.com. And for those of you who are single and maybe you're looking for a man who's a handsome, kind, camera operator or maybe a flying instructor this serves as a friendly reminder that they are out there and they are available okay i'm gonna have a go at this next email but i'm not a professional and it's probably gonna anger a lot of people the way i answer it is maybe gonna be wrong Catherine, i am a mom of a two and a half year old toddler girl and jays as christ She's hard going. My previously lovely child who ate everything you put to her and was generally a happy wee soul has turned into a monster. Everything is a fight. Nothing I make to eat is good and she just whinges all the time. She goes to nursery three days and is with my mom two days while I work full time and they say they don't have any bother with her. So why am I left literally wanting to punch myself in the face to evade her tantrums? Honestly, I find myself becoming so angry sometimes and I have on occasion shouted back at her in the heat of an I want my dummy tantrum. I just feel emotionally overwhelmed and exhausted with her. Am I alone? Do other moms or parents experience this frustration? Do I just need to accept that I'm a shitty mom? Also, I do have a supportive husband, but he works away a lot most of the time, so I'm left dealing with her by myself. You seem to have your shit together, and you seem like someone who can keep their cool, so I'm hoping you can pass on some words of wisdom. Um, I don't know if they will be wise words, but I will just let you know if you were one of my very close girlfriends, which I feel like you are, and I wasn't worried about offending you, I would just answer in the most honest way. I would say, uh, you do your child a disservice by raising them to be someone that nobody wants around, you know? Uh, I would not tolerate a tantrum. I think, I mean, Violet's never had a tantrum, and... I don't know what I would, but I do see children like that. And I think I have to remind myself, all right, everyone's dealing with a different set of challenges and everyone has a different, you know, wiring. Uh, but I would remove her every single time. Every time she um, flips out or has a tantrum, I would say, we don't talk to each other that way. You don't talk to me that way. You're out. I would lift her out of her chair and give her an age-appropriate timeout, I think two and a half minutes at her age. And then I would go over and say, do you understand why mommy put you in the timeout? You don't talk to me that way. I don't talk to you that way. You know, you don't do this at nursery. You don't do this for Nana. How dare you talk to me like that? It's not on. We're best friends. You know, you don't do that. All right. Sorry, mommy. Great. Out of the timeout. She does it again back in the timeout. Like I would just have to be super consistent. Never, ever, ever letting her treat me that way for one second. Um, and that, I think, now it's gotten so far, would be tough for a while. But ultimately, you just hold her to the same standards that you hold everyone else in your life to. She obviously knows what's appropriate behavior and what isn't because she behaves herself at nursery and she behaves herself for your mom. Now, I think a lot of psychologists would be like, oh, you know, but she feels safe with you and that's why she chooses her time with you to act out because you are her like main person. You love her unconditionally. So, you know, she loses it around you or they might say, oh, she misses you because she spends five days of the week away from you, whatever, whatever. No, that is some white nonsense. 
and remove her. Remove, she's old enough. She knows exactly the difference between right or wrong, respectful and disrespectful, being lovely, being a dick, asking for what she wants politely. She knows all this stuff. You're not a shitty mom. You just probably are exhausted yourself and maybe you feel a little bit guilty so you don't want to you know discipline her in the way that I'm suggesting but you know you're not doing her any favors if you don't so the next time she treats you in a way that you would never treat anyone then remove her from you get out of my face you want to be like this at the dinner table you are removed from the dinner table you want to have a tantrum in the Morrisons we're leaving the Morrisons with a full shopping cart who cares You want to call me names or smack me or cry or scream in my face. You can sit in your room for two and a half minutes. I will check on you then. We can have discussion about whether or not you want to come out and act like a human being. And once she knows that those are the boundaries with you, she will correct herself very, very quickly. And I assume that when you are spending time with her, that she's getting lots of attention and songs and play and you're taking her toys and going, la, 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 what do you want to do today? Blah, blah, blah. What do you want to do? You know, obviously you're giving her attention, I'm assuming. Um, And then when she's being nice, play with her loads, give her lots of attention and praise. And that's the tea. And I mean, that should work, but you're not a shitty mom. You just may be too nice. From parenting to eyelashes, Catherine, tell me about eyelash extensions. If you've used them, if you like them and what you recommend, Latisse, question mark, etc. Also, please share your ride or die skincare products. I'd love to know what brands you fancy. Eyelash extensions... I believe are trash. Never would I go to a salon to have permanent, you know, semi-permanent eyelash extensions glued onto my eyelashes. That might be different for you if you have stronger eyelashes, you know, but I'm a very fair person. I have fair hair on my head. My eyelashes are long, but I don't think they're very strong because I've had eyelash extensions before. It was hell. One time I got an eye infection and the other time they were just like, stabbing me and they got too heavy and they also look ridiculous on me when I don't have makeup on and I don't like them like a personal preference when I see people with eyelash extensions and no makeup it just looks mad it looks wild it doesn't like no one believes that those are growing out of your face so I prefer to use not Latisse which is a product where you kind of paint it on your lash line as though it's eyeliner I've heard of that. I think it's American. And they say that people with blue eyes have to, I mean, I don't want to get sued. I don't know if this is fully true, but apparently if you have blue eyes, you have to sign a waiver saying, you know, it's cool if Latisse turns your eyes brown. And that's perhaps just an urban legend that I've heard, but I've never used Latisse. I do use Revitalash Advanced. And that is a serum, much like Latisse, I guess, in in practice. You paint it on your lash line, and it makes your eyelashes grow and grow and grow and grow and grow. And I will say, it is the best. It totally works. It gives you length, volume. Every once in a while, I stop using it, and then I have sort of a season of my eyelashes being short and falling out. I don't know if that just happens anyway, or if you have to keep using it continuously all the time. I never do anything, you know, continuously all the time. I have periods of time where I just forget or I get too busy. But Revitalash Advanced, I'm sorry, it works. This is not an ad. It's fucking incredible. And then when I'm with Fiona, my makeup artist, as you know, she puts eye lure 
um, duos and trios, like these clusters of fake eyelashes on, those can be difficult to apply if you're not an expert. But if you just practice, I don't think they're difficult. We've also used some by Swede. Um, I think the key is not to get individual lashes because that's really time consuming and they're probably not dramatic enough, but to get clusters, not a strip lash, not individual lashes, not eyelash extensions, but clusters for that more dramatic evening effect. But day to day, Revitalash will grow your eyelashes. Like, I mean, as far as I know, unless you have some secret special eyelashes that don't respond to it. Skincare wise, I mean... I always make sure my face is super, super clean. I just use like micellar water and I don't know how to pronounce that really, but I use that and cotton pads to wash makeup off. I always moisturize. I always wear sunscreen. That is my number one thing. The reason my skin is nice, people love to be like, oh, it's because she has Botox, blah, blah, blah. Fuck off. You know, lots of people with Botox and they look like shit. My skin is the way it is because I've avoided the sun my entire life. Um, And then... I use a retinol or a vitamin A acid some nights to exfoliate and to, you know, rejuvenate. It's really important, especially at my age, to be using an acid at night. And vitamin A is an acid. Retinol is an acid. Um, vitamin C in the morning is good too, if you can find a vitamin C serum. But I mean, just crucially, keep your face really moisturized, really clean, and exfoliate and absolutely use a sunscreen there are people who refuse to use sunscreen what are you doing that's like the best thing that you can do but you knew that you knew that but don't let me see any telling everybody everything listeners getting you know eyelash extensions it's not us guys it's not the aesthetic of the podcast here's one i don't want to date but i can't help it last year i came out of a seven-year relationship was was which was not the healthiest. The guy cheated on me seven times that I'm aware of, and I am aware I'm an idiot for not leaving after the first time. Well, no, it's a complicated thing, isn't it? Since the breakup, we've been in and out of lockdown, and for some reason, I've had a need to be on dating apps constantly, talking to different guys I'm not interested in. I've also seriously dated two guys in the last year. Both started out with me not wanting a relationship both times, but I ended up back in the routine of a relationship without the label. I'm now single again, and I've said to myself and my friends that I really want to stay single and not date, as I don't have the time or inclination to talk to a man. But for some reason, when I'm bored, I just re-download these apps and I end up talking to guys who flirt and ask me out. I've been very good at saying no to dates, but I am guilty of chatting and flirting. I've got some trauma from my seven-year relationship, which I feel like I need to deal with, but because I keep coming back to these dating apps, I'm not dealing with it. Any advice on how to ditch this need to be talking with someone and finally be this independent woman I claim to be? Well, I don't think you're the only person who uses dating apps in a non-serious way. I think that there are some people on dating apps who are looking for relationships. Absolutely. There are people on dating apps who are looking for a spouse. You know, they're very great candidates for a a monogamous, loving relationship. But there are also people who use it like a video game, like Instagram, just, you know, like any form of entertainment. And I don't think you have to be feeling guilty for falling into that category. I think it's not great to lead people on. But equally, I've never been on dating apps. I just was never single during that whole time. Um, But I think there's a shared understanding, as long as you're not making any empty promises, that some people are just on there for a laugh. 
So as long as you're not making appointments to like go meet up with someone or whatever, if you're just using it to keep your, I don't know, like flirtation muscle flexed or like dip your toe in the water, you're being single. You're just having fun. Like they're designed to be very entertaining, I think. When Bobby first moved over here, he was on Tinder. I think that's the only one, maybe another one, but I forget the name. And I was like, oh, don't delete it. I made him like re-download it so that I could play. And I would swipe right on all these women. I was like, good for her. Good for you. You go, girl. Looking great, babe. And then he was like, you can't do that because then I will match with them. And they will think that I'm interested in meeting them. But I just, I loved the little taste of the game. You know, I get it. It's fun. It rewards you. You know, swipe, swipe, swipe. Give a compliment. Swipe, swipe, swipe. I loved it. I swiped right on everybody. (laughs) I would like to re-download his Tinder again, although just now people know that we're married and it might cause a little scandal. But um, you can be on there and play and you're still single. Just make some boundaries for yourself. Be like, I'm not going to promise anyone anything and I'm not going to be on any physical dates. And then you might be in a position like Fiona, you know, or you might be in a position like I was in where the right person just falls into your lap and you're like, no, I'm not interested, but it just happens anyway for all the right reasons i think you're in a good position um so don't change anything thanks for your letter but i mean you're killing it as a very vanilla person this email scares me it says Catherine, my friend loves group sex Catherine, one of my close friends came out as polly recently and for a few weeks after she seemed radiant and happy so i was very pleased for her but as she gets more into the polly lifestyle some of her stories give me the creeps I can't help but feel really closed-minded and boring. I'm trying so hard not to judge and continue to be supportive and pleased. For a couple of months, she's been dating a mother of a three-year-old and is suddenly really involved in this child's life, to the point that she's taking her to the park one-on-one and showing me pictures like he, she's her only, she's her own child. She's also dating a creepy-sounding guy who makes her meet him with various toys stuck up her. Blah. Another guy she's dating has been really violent with her sexually, and she even said she wasn't sure if he went too far. He convinced... Okay, this is a trigger warning now. Uh, I don't even know what to call this trigger. He convinced her to do anal, and he left her with lots of bruises. Sorry if you're listening to this in the car and you have kids. When you convince someone to do anal, what it means is you convince them to uh, clean the house to an immaculate standard, you know, get really anal about the dust, any loose, you know, dust bunnies under the couch. That is what anal is, kids. She's seeing two couples as well. What? What is this? Does a woman have a job? She's seeing a mom. She's seeing this weird guy with the toys. She's also seeing a violent guy and two couples. Seven. She has seven partners. And she's attending orgies and sex parties. Lots of other sexual encounters too. What? All of the people are also poly because she meets them on an app. So they're fully consenting to the whole experience. Recently though, she seems sad and withdrawn and she started canceling plans a lot. Well, no wonder. No wonder. She's like fucking quadruple booked with all these odd characters. And like, I don't even apologize for calling them odd. Some of this shit is just odd. I want her to stay safe and understand that everyone's different, but I'm not sure how great this lifestyle is. My other friend told me that she's been intrigued and also wants to try an orgy. Consequently, both ladies have bought tickets to a group sex and bondage event in London. 
I'm a fairly vanilla person. I'm not quite sure how I feel about any of this. When the conversation turns to it, I just act excited for them, but I'm actually worried. I'm thinking about bodily fluids, consent issues of an orgy, men and women, I guess, thinking everything and everyone there is on the menu. It just doesn't sit well with me. I want to be supportive, but I also can't help but feel there's something creepy about it and something bad is going to happen. I want to open my mind, but I also have no desire to get involved in any of that stuff. I mean, God. So the first thing is we don't want to kink shame anyone. And as a very woke millennial, I can tell you how to deal with this is... There's danger in a monogamous relationship. There's danger in any kind of, you know, you don't know. Your friend could be just with one person and he could or she could seem like the most boring vanilla person ever, but she all of a sudden stops returning calls, cancels plans, and it's because she is in like a course of controlling really codependent relationship. You know what I mean? Like being vanilla doesn't absolve you from any of these risks. So I think being poly, at least if one person is unsavory, she's not putting all her eggs in one basket. You know, she's got friends, she's meeting lots of new people. She is hopefully supported if one of these relationships goes wrong. Uh, These kind of relationships work for some people. This is why it's very popular and there's a whole app for it apparently. The sex parties, I think... I'm I'm glad she's going and your other friend is going because from what I hear, I have some girlfriends who've been, is that there are no hot people there. And I'm now I know, I know you are listening and you go to sex parties and you're going to email me and be like, lots of hot people go there, Catherine. You know the kind of people I'm talking about. And you've been there and you've been the only sexy lady and maybe that felt good for you. And there were a lot of like elderly gents from your neighborhood looking up at you like, ooh, wow, she's the most beautiful but this is what I hear about sex parties is they're not eyes wide shut, you know, and I haven't seen that movie. I just sort of know it from the trailers and the masks and Nicole Kidman. Uh, but uh, I don't know. I don't know. Listen, if these gals want to do it, I don't think they're in danger. If you have a real feeling in the pit of your stomach that they are in danger, then I would raise that with them. Absolutely. I would be like, I love hearing about your lifestyle. I'm not trying to rain on your parade. But I don't want you to get carried away in something new where some of the behaviors, uh, not that I'm judging, but they're very foreign to me. And so I don't really know how to handle them. I don't know how to judge something so different to what I'm used to. I don't know how I can tell that you're being safe. So tell me as your friend, if you don't mind, so that I can love you correctly. Tell me how you know that this is safe. And, uh... Yeah, I mean, I think you think it's gross. I think it's gross, but we can't judge these people. And they're in just as much danger. I mean, you see women in monogamous relationships get murdered all the time, three times a week in the UK. So I think you don't have to worry about safety and you're allowed to be vanilla and you're allowed to be loud and proud about your lifestyle as much as she is. And it doesn't mean you're old or boring or anything else. It's just you like to live your life this way and she likes to live her life that way. And if you really don't want to hear about it, you can also be like, let's raise a friendship amnesty where like you don't tell me about this this stuff because I worry. And also, you know, uh, it just makes me sick. And I think that's okay. 
Thank you so much for listening to Telling Everybody Everything. Please write me an email anytime you want. Telling everybody everything at gmail.com. Please try to keep it a little bit short and sweet so that I can include it on the podcast. I run a tight ship over here. Um, this week I am touring in Coventry, Exeter, uh, Plymouth. Next week we are in, I mean, I don't even know. Just come to see me on tour if you like. Just search Catherine Ryan on the Live Nation website. I have lots of dates from now until May 2022. Don't wait until I've been to your city to be like, oh my God, you were just in my city. I didn't know. If you haven't already got my book, The Audacity, that is available from a number of retailers. Also the audiobook on Audible. Or if you come to my tour show, I sell some copies in the lobby there. Most shows, not every show. And I really appreciate you listening. Thank you so much for your questions for the Nanny Carol. I did not get to these this week, but I mean, I do want to do a parenting special of small children. So that is still to come, hopefully very soon. Please keep submitting those and I will see you soon. Please, in the meantime, look after each other and I wish you the best. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com